bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. For this morning, I'm speaking on faithfulness. Faithfulness. It is one of those important ingredients that are required for us to be accepted before God. As a matter of fact, when we stand before God, His commendation to us, if He approves of us, will be that we are good and faithful servants. So God is looking for faithfulness. He's requiring faithfulness from us. And for everything we do here on earth, for it to really become successful, for it to merit God's approval, there has to be a spirit of faithfulness that backs it and that works with it. So we're going to look a little bit into that subject today as we prepare our hearts to honor God with our lives. What does it mean to be faithful? There are four other words that also uh, help us to understand what it means to be faithful. To be faithful means to be devoted. That simply means to be totally committed to something. To be wholly committed to something. To be devoted. To be faithful also is to be honest. To stick with the truth. To be sincere and not to be dubious and devious. To be faithful is to be trustworthy. And to be faithful is to be dependable. When we say that somebody is faithful, these qualities must be found in that person. First of all, God himself is faithful. And God is devoted to us. To is devoted to his cause. God is honest. His word is true. He's trustworthy, he's dependable. But not only is God faithful, he requires the same from us. He requires that we also become faithful. So turn with me in our opening text to Luke's Gospel, chapter 16. Luke's Gospel, chapter 16, and I'm going to read from verse 10 to verse number 12. This is the conclusion or the summary that Jesus gave concerning the, the actions of a man whose story that Jesus had told in a parable. A steward who knew that he was going to lose his job and, uh, and acted shrewdly to protect his future. And so Jesus makes a commentary on his work, on his attitude. And this is what Jesus says in Luke chapter 16 verse 10 to 12. He says, He who is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own. Jesus talks about faithfulness. And he talks about 
three areas of faithfulness that I believe are still relevant, God requires from us. Three areas of faithfulness. The first one is faithfulness with little things or faithfulness in that which is least. Faithfulness with little things. This is the first measure of faithfulness. It is the first test of faithfulness. If God wants to test to see whether we are faithful, he's going to see our attitude or he's going to judge our attitude to little things, not to the big things, not to wait until things have become great, but how you handle little things. That's the first test. And if you don't pass that test, he's not going to take you any further. The second test of faithfulness is faithfulness with money. When you pass the test of little things, God is going to give you money. In the parable, he calls it unrighteous mammon. Money. How we deal with money will determine what God does with us next. He says, if you've been unfaithful with unrighteous mammon, who is going to commit to you true riches. True riches. God cannot give to you his true riches, true heritage, true inheritance, until you have passed the money test. Third area of faithfulness is faithfulness with other people's properties. Faithfulness with other people's properties. So, if God wants to judge whether we are faithful or not, and we can actually do a self-examination of whether we are faithful or not before we stand before the Lord in judgment, we have to test our hearts whether we are faithful. Otherwise, you would stand before him and wish he would say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And probably what you hear would not be what you will be enthused about. So before that time comes, we have to do self-examination. Are we faithful in little things? Are we faithful with money? And are we faithful with other people's properties? Are we dependable? Can we be trusted with money? Can we be trusted with other people's prop property? When people trust us with their work, are we dependable? Are we devoted? When we are trusted with money or when we are given money, do we act in an honest manner? Faithfulness in these three areas are critical for us to meet God's approval. So what I'm going to do is to do three case studies of three people in the Bible, and I'm going to use the example in reference to all the three areas I mentioned. Faithfulness in little things, faithfulness with money, faithfulness with other people's property. So the first case study, the first example, is the example of David. And David teaches us about faithfulness with little things. Faithfulness with little things. We know David as a great king, as a great psalmist, a man who did powerful things. And I suppose that for most of us, when we hear the name of David, the first thing we think about is Goliath. 
His name is paired with Goliath, David and Goliath. And uh, we use the analogy of David and Goliath in every situation, whether it's the satellites playing Brazil or, or some underdog fighting somebody who is bigger. Uh, we, we, we see the underdog as David and Goliath as the, as the top dog, as the big person. But before David dealt with Goliath, he had to deal with little things. He had to be faithful in little things. If you are not faithful in little things, you will never have your Goliath. And David had to deal with little things. Let's look at how uh, he dealt with the little things. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 28 and 29. First Samuel 17, 28 to 29. Uh, this is when David had gone to the battlefront where... Um, the armies of Israel were encamped against the armies of the Philistines and there was a stalemate in the battle because this big guy called Goliath is threatening the armies of Israel and had issued uh, a statement uh, of war against Israel. And Israel had no response to that uh, threat that was coming from, uh, from Goliath. The whole army was in disarray. And David goes out there and, and sees what is going on. And somehow he feels he must do something about it. But before he can do something about it, his brother, his oldest brother, Eliab, who is a military man, uh, makes this statement about David. And I think I want you to uh, focus on something very unique about the statement. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke with the men or to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I want you to note that phrase. Those few sheep in the wilderness. I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done? Is there not a cause? But what I want to focus on is those few sheep. We know David as a shepherd. How many sheep was he watching? According to Eliab, few sheep. So he wasn't a big time shepherd. As a matter of fact, he was the last born of his family. And he was the only one who was keeping the family sheep. If there were a lot of sheep, there would be probably about three or four brothers watching the sheep. If it is him alone, it was a few sheep, according to Eliab. And it stands to reason that the family of David was a poor family, just had a few sheep, and David was the one who was watching over them. And we know the story of David, that he protected those sheep with his life. That he, he fought for the sheep, he, he, he worked so hard that not even one would be lost because they were just a few sheep. Faithfulness in little things. Now, the question that Eliab asked, how did David respond to it? What had David done with those few sheep? Faithfulness. Was he faithful with the few sheep? Now, go back to verse 17 of chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, verse 17. And we'll see David's attitude to the few sheep. 
Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves, and run to your brothers at the camp, and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand, and see how your brothers fare, and bring back news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Verse 20, note carefully what David did with the few sheep. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the battle and shouting for the battle. David left the sheep with a keeper. He rose early in the morning and he left the sheep with a keeper. He didn't just zoom off because the sheep are too small. Faithfulness in little things. No wonder God gave him a big sheep called Goliath to deal with. If you have not been faithful in little things, who will commit to you the big things? God wants to do great things in our lives, but he's going to watch for the way we handle the little things. So how do we handle the little things? First, recognize and appreciate your small beginnings. Everybody is going to begin small. With a few sheep. Everybody is going to start small. Except maybe you are the son of the queen of England. Then you start big. But for us normal people. We start small. Everybody. Whether you're starting a business. You're starting a marriage. You're starting a life. Whatever you're starting. You're starting a church. You're going to start small with few resources, few people. And many times our heart is so full of the big vision that we despise the small things God has taken us through. When God starts with you, never disrespect, never despise your small beginnings. David was anointed he knew he was going to be king. At this time, he knew it, definitely. He knew that he was going to rule over Israel. Samuel had come. Samuel had anointed him. And now he's given the chance to go out to see the battle. And the Bible says he rose early in the morning. But he was a man of detail. He got somebody and committed the few sheep into that person's hands is that how we handle our lives or when we have a big dream we abandon the small things of our lives the second thing we note about david the bible says he rose early in the morning he was enthusiastic about the assignment you have to be enthusiastic about the responsibilities assigned to you the beginning of things can be very boring and annoying. You start, it can be very, very aggravating. 
I remember when I started uh, this church. It was a small church. And there were certain other churches which were more established than us. And most of the time, uh, I would either drive past those churches on a Sunday morning when I'm coming to my church, and you see cars parked on the car park of those churches. Lots of people, nice cars, people well-dressed, women well-dressed, men well-dressed, married couples with their children well-dressed, everybody well-dressed. Then I come to my church, empty car park. I look at the people, hungry and depressed and angry with life. People who haven't achieved much. They weren't nicely dressed. As a matter of fact, where we met, if you were nicely dressed, it would be a disincentive to your clothes. So people came as they were. You didn't see older families coming with children, nicely dressed, no cars, but they were my sheep. They were the sheep. And if I was going to be given greater responsibility by God, I had to be enthusiastic about that sheep. When I preached, I had to preach with enthusiasm. I had to preach with my heart. I had to preach as if I was preaching to the best group in the world. Although what stood in front of me didn't look like the best group. If you despise the little things, nobody will give you great opportunity. I made a commitment to God that when I stand before the people to preach, I would never stand unprepared. I never went to church without knowing what I was supposed to preach. Still never do that. Always know what I'm going to say. Prepare into detail what I'm going to say because you don't take the little sheep for granted. If you despise, you downgrade, and you reduce the little responsibilities you have, nobody is going to give you the big responsibilities. For some of you, the little responsibility may be cleaning somebody's house. It may be a little responsibility you have in the church. It may be a little responsibility you have in the office or at home. Maybe all you have to do when you get up is to dress your bed or dress somebody's bed. That's your responsibility. Dress it with enthusiasm. Never go to your job angry, complaining, and sulking. Never go to the office criticizing the office. Go into your office with enthusiasm, and the little opportunities you have, take them. And never compare them with the big opportunities and downgrade your own opportunity. Because God will test you with small things. He'll test you. You start life as a married couple, you'll be tested. You're going to have small things. Poverty is part of life. Especially early marriage. Where you can't meet any expenditure. Nothing is working. Your roof is leaking. The water is not flowing. Electricity is not reliable. The fridge is breaking down. The TV has headache. And, and, and your, and your um, furniture have arthritis. 
Nothing seems to work. But you go to other people's house and everything is working. Don't despise your small beginnings. Don't despise your small beginnings. Don't love somebody's home more than your home. Don't love somebody's husband more than your husband. That's what you bargained for and that's what you got. Don't look for an already made person. Grow what you have. You start with a small sheep. David, that's all he had. He didn't have an army. He had small sheep. But that was his army. And when he had to do this errand, he took good care of them. He had an eye for the small things. Thirdly, to be faithful in little things, this is one lesson you must learn. Whilst moving on to bigger things, keep your eyes on the small things. Many times people get promised of, with great things. And all of a sudden, they have no respect for the little things. David could actually have said, now I know I'm going to be king. Samuel has anointed me. I'm going to the battle. I'm fed up with this sheep and leave the sheep unattended. If they die, they die. After all, I'm going to be king. What would you do if you had a promise? If you have, you know, sometimes I, I see married couples who have a great offer, maybe to go to America, and they leave their children in the hands of an irresponsible relative. The children are suffering. They have no clothes. There are flies all over their face. But they are going out there seeking the big things, but the small things have been abandoned. And how can God give you great things when you don't take care of the sheep and put them in the hands of a good keeper? And here it's not even sheep, it's human beings. How can couples leave their children for 10 years, 12 years, looking for money in America? or Germany, or London. And you say, well, one day when I make money, I will solve the problem. Who tells you money solves problems? There are many things money cannot buy. It cannot buy good training. It cannot buy confidence. It cannot buy love. It cannot buy affection. You may get all the money, but your children will always feel they are second class. They are second class to your money, to your dreams, to your vision. If you are not faithful in little things, how can God give you big things? No wonder those people go there and hustle and clean and clean white people and clean toilets and clean for four different jobs and never make any money because they have abandoned the first rule of faithfulness, faithfulness in little things. Yes, God has called you to great things, but be careful that the sheep will be left in good hands. And it's not only in children, it's in every area of our lives. Don't be too, too enthusiastic about big vision, big dreams, big ideas, that you forget about the little things that God has committed to you. Because he's not judging you by the big things, he's judging you by the little things. Faithfulness in little things. 
And no wonder David left that place, went out to the battle, and faced Goliath and won because he had been faithful in little things. God said, if this man, even for this few sheep, can make these detailed preparations for the sheep, I can trust him with a nation. Can God trust you? Are you trustworthy? What are the little things you don't care about any longer? Because you become big. Because your vision is big. Because now God is doing big things with you. Your little wife is left behind. Your little husband is left behind. Your little children are left behind. Your little friends are left behind. Now you're doing, having friends with big shots. Faithfulness in little things. Second area of faithfulness, second case study. Abraham teaches us about faithfulness with money. Money is powerful. How many of you know that? Money breeds. It is said that money is blood. But money is a powerful master. And a powerful controller. You'd be amazed what people would do for it. There's a particular rich man in this country. I don't know whether he was rich or he said he was rich and we believe he was rich. But people thought he was rich. And uh, in his home, he used to invite people to come and dance for money. And people would go, parents, adults, would go to dance for money. And he would start distributing the money and saying, this one is dancing well, that one is dancing well. And as people saw the money's moving and they're not getting the money, they dance with more frenzy, with more energy. And, 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 and people just went into all kinds of gyrations simply to attract the eyes of a man to give them money. It's amazing what people can do. The kinds of dance moves that showed up in that man's house. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebile, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebile. Email otebile at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.